I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. What the hell are dreams, anyway? <laughs> You're gonna find out this month, folks. Lights up a cigarette in a hospital. <laughs> Tell me, Doctor. What is it? What a performance. What's she doing? Is she alright, Doctor? Oh. oh, you're bleeding! Oh. <laughs> oh, Ronnie. God, I love her in this. What a great performance. <laughs> it's so good. And... It's it's she's she's in her own film. Yeah, exactly. Which usually would be a bad thing. You'd be like, what movie is she in? But for mm. this character, it works because people like this, you know, that tend to be sort of functionally addicted to pills or booze because of some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. I've known many of them. And sometimes they are. They sort of live with one foot in the real world and one out. So they're mm -hmm. kind of like going back and forth. Like, right. you know, you see them get into a car and you're like, I saw them have four glasses of wine at lunch. But like they do that all the time and they seem to be fine. So mm -hmm. I guess I'll just let them go. Yeah, they're medium functioning. I wouldn't say high functioning, but they... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're sort of in reality occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. They dip into it a bit. Just <laughs> in dip, and out. dip their toe in. <laughs> And then when things get bad, you know, they go to the closet and pull out a you know, bottle of liquor. <laughs> I also have to say every entrance that she has in this or exit is like this. It's like an event. Like she doesn't just walk into a room. She like yeah. glides in and does like this sweeping head gesture and then slowly leaves the room. Well, her final, the door behind her. Her final exit is that's something. Do you know, <laughs> that's memorable. I love, you know, I used to agree with people that the final special effect in this is a little wonky. You know, it it is. Don't get me wrong here. It it looks like a blow up sex doll, which I'm sure it was. Um, but given the fact that it's a dreamlike saga, I'm okay with it. I'm like, I think it fits in. It's the only you know? part of the movie I really still don't care for, but I I get it like I, I get why they were like well we need to like have something for a sequel and this is the 80s so we have to have some like big flashy finish and you know i get it yeah i don't love it but i get it i think wes craven would be on your side I, his original ending was just like she wakes up everything's good she gets mm -hmm. in the car drives away mom waves and i think they might have seen the little girls with the jump rope but that was it yeah that was all that ha happened and bob right. shea was like um we need a sequel we need so let's throw something in there. So they shot like four or five di different endings or like variations. Yeah. And none of them are really fantastic. But because right. I, th I think Wes Craven was like just trying to say like, I think he wanted her to have a win. Like yeah. she turned her back on it. He goes away. Yeah. You know, there's there's still the little jump rope girl. So maybe there will be conflict in the few future, but maybe she can you know break th through it to right. the other side and become right. you know triumphant but right. you know right yeah hollywood well, the, the, when they made the second one it's like they pretty much did their own thing with it anyway and then you know it didn't yeah. really bring back any of these characters so it was kind of like 
no i don't know it's it was a choice but yeah it's it's definitely the weirdest aspect of the of the film for sure yeah i also still think it's funny might not be the right word but i have to roll my eyes a little bit the studio was like well we can't have a child molester in this movie but we can have a child (laughs) murderer who may or may (laughs) not be a molester also but do you remember when the remake was out and ever yes. everyone was like they made him a child molester? Right. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. How dare they? Right. It's like, but murdering kids is just That's better. a-okay, yeah. huh? Like, and it's like they've always flirted with it a bit yeah. in the franchise. Like yeah. he's always kind of weird and predatory and sticking out his tongue and wagging right. it and being like, "Ooh, you looking sexy?" And right. so, like you know, it's creepy. He's always yeah. been predatory and gross. Right. Like there's that one, like the creepiest shot of the entire franchise is in the opening of Freddy versus Jason, where they're doing like a backstory thing, mm-hmm. and he takes this picture of this young kid out of like a scrapbook and like licks it yeah it's so disgusting yeah i'm like see they were talking about it in, in freddy versus jason like the most mainstream of all the nightmare films right, i mean right. it's always been there yeah you know yeah they, they never come out and directly say that he wasn't a child molester they just kind of leave it right as a sort of maybe it happened maybe it didn't thing you know we know he was a murderer but yeah uh, yeah I, I think there was some sort of there was some sort of court case at the time. I think there was about something. Like, it might have been the McMartin trial. That sounds right. It might have been something like that where they were like, oh, maybe it's not the right time to bring that in. Yeah. So they took it out. Yeah. That might be in this production history. I can't remember, but we'll see. But yeah. Yeah. Happy New Year, folks. And, by the way. Oh, yes. Yes. This is <clears throat> the perfect way to kick off the new year with yeah. a, a franchise. I think we both enjoy for the most yeah. part. There's a yeah. lot of great stuff in there yeah, yeah so we thought lot. you know what you're gonna do in january nothing's yeah. really going on so no yeah i mean this was it's probably one of the first franchises i really watched like as as a kid like in whole um mm-hmm. and it's it's a good one yeah i think i think it was one of mine too now did you see this like chronologically i was trying to remember that that's a good question i don't think so i think i would just like watch whatever was on tv at the time Right. And yeah, then eventually same. I went back and watched them from start to finish. Uh, I do remember like when Nightmare, New Nightmare came out. I was very young. I didn't mm-hmm. see it in theaters, obviously, but I, I do remember oh, yeah. uh, just the sort of buzz. And um, but yeah, I can't remember the first one. I, I feel like Dream Warriors might have been the first one I saw. Like that's the one I have the oh, most that's a good memories s- about. In, but, in, 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 yeah. Intro there. That's a yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, it, it's weird. I feel like so many of us were like that. I mean, we we did just kind of catch whatever was on TV. So we'd be like, yeah. oh, Nightmare Part 5. I've right. never seen one before. I'm going to start there or something, right. you know. Um, I think the only franchise I ever saw, like, chronologically from... Well, and even then, not really. I guess Halloween, I saw the first two right. first. Right. But then after that, it was kind of all over the place. And then I guess Scream, I guess. I think I saw the first two. Right. And then I saw the rest in theaters when they were out. So I guess that's the most like structurally sound one. (laughs) We're in our thirties, you know, we're not in our forties and fifties. So like we didn't grow up in this era where you would have seen these movies in the, most of them in theaters, at least the really good ones. So like, it Mm kind of makes sense that, you know, we saw them a little more, you know, uh, fractured state later on, you know? Well, also, I don't know about you, but the video stores in my town were very strange because like sometimes 
like one of them would have Nightmare on Elm Street one, three, four, and six, but mm. they wouldn't have the other one. So you'd mm. have to find another store to see the other one. So it was right. like this weird scavenger hunt of like, where am I going to find this sequel? And right. it was so it it like for some reason none of them ever had all of them together. Mm. I don't I don't know why mm. it was weird. Yeah, like maybe the tapes broke and they're like, we're not going to replace them. Could I don't be. Know. Very Could odd. Be. So that's a that's a struggle. People don't talk about much anymore, even no. though it's still going on with like Netflix and shit. You know, oh, absolutely. Like, like here's Scary Movie Three. We're the first two. Who cares? You got number three. You know? Par- Paramount Plus has Scream One, Two, Three, Five, Six. Does not have four. So you have to go track down kind four rude. somewhere else. A little rude. A little like, rude. Yeah, four is kind of the kind of the black sheep. Like they don't really talk about it much in five and six, but like, I mean, you should I still mean, see it. Nobody talks about three and four, so it's 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 kind of you know I think they there's don't, like one yeah. reference to three or something. So it's it's yeah. But, I mean, it's you know a rights thing. I'm sure more than anything else, but it's um some weird thing with that because there was some they, they couldn't put it on like the Blu-ray also because of something like that. They couldn't. Yeah, do that was weird. Yeah. So. I mean, but now that I guess like Scream 7's not really a thing, I mean, could we no. just say that there's like one through three was a trilogy and then four through six were a trilogy? You could. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. No, that's fair. Why not? <laughs> For me, I personally, I like one, two, and four. I don't know. That's my like trilogy. I can pretty much ignore three and be yeah. fine, but I know everybody's like, they got their own thing and that's, that's fine. You know, you do you, everybody has their, even yeah. the same, same with nightmare really. I mean, you could, right. uh, some people love one, three and like new nightmare. And that's like the stuff mm-hmm. that Wes was directly involved with, which I get. And then yeah. some people love two because it's super gay and I, I feel you. And then, you know, some people love yeah. four, some people, I don't know a lot of people that love six but i'm sure they're out there i I know they exist um (laughs) i've known i think three of them yes about three and you know what i support them yeah great good for you i'm glad you find joy in that yeah um i used to i think that might have been one of the first ones that i saw yeah um and uh I think I liked it more when I was a kid because it was kind of cartoony Mm -hmm. and I was I was very scared of Freddy when I was a kid even before I saw Mm -hmm. one of these Mm -hmm. movies because around Halloween they always had this big sort of cardboard cut it cut it cut it cut it out of him and um and it terrified me and yeah so I I had pretty bad Freddy nightmares for Mm. for years before I think I even saw one. And so to see, I, th- I think I saw parts five, two, and six in that order, which is really a weird way to come into the franchise. Mm-hmm. But um, I think because those were more like, well, not part two. He's still pretty scary in part in part two, but cer- certainly part six, he was kind of a goofball. Yeah. So I was like, really? I was scared of this goober this whole time? Like, <laughs> he's like a cartoon. Like, yeah. what, what, yeah. what is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like. I don't disagree with people that he got jokier and like goofier as the franchise went along, but I also don't disagree with. The, I, I mean, I also I don't agree with the people who say like he was not jokey from the beginning because he's making jokes oh. in this original movie. You know, there are jokes. Like he's, his his first line yeah. is basically a punchline. I mean, yeah, he, he cutting off on. his finger and like, hey, look, yeah. check it out. You know, uh, I'm your boyfriend <laughs> now, Nancy. Like, this is this is not a serious minded dude. You know, he's having fun here. <laughs> No, he's like Tina. Watch this. <laughs> he's so proud of himself yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. 
and it it, I, yeah, it walks that know. line There's... between scary and funny i think better than the later ones do but like it's absolutely it's, but it's still the humor is still there like it's it's still part of the you know the the, the dna it's it's like what's what's weird is that i mean it really the only one that i think does sacrifice dramatic stakes is freddy's dead yeah because even in parts four and five when you can say like he really crossed over into like pop culture you know borscht belt comic type yeah. mm-hmm. you, you know even then i felt like the stakes were really high because the characters were still fairly interesting so you still cared when they died so even though yeah. he was cracking jokes as he was killing them, you were still like, oh, man, I really like them. Right. And so, like, even if he was goofier, he still was a threat. It yep. wasn't like, yeah. you know, he, he started to crack the jokes and then he would kill, like, two people a movie and, you know, everyone would survive. Like, in yeah. F- F- Freddy's Dead, I think, like, half the cast survives at the end. And I'm like, why? Yeah. This is really silly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. once you yeah. get to that point. Yeah. We probably will not get to Freddy's Dead uh, because they're only no. five, five Tuesdays this month. <laughs> oh, darn, you know? <laughs> and we only have so much brain power, have, so... Yeah, we'll see what we get to. <laughs> we don't want to waste it on right. Freddy's Dead. <laughs> right. And we did cover New Nightmare already, folks, if you want to go back and yes. find that episode. If you're just tuning in for the first time, which some of y'all might be, welcome. <laughs> yeah. They might be like, finally, they're talking about the Nightmare on Elm Street films. I'm right. in. Right. <laughs> Who cares about sor- sorority row? We're about no, you know. No. Well, I mean, yeah, these <laughs> tend, to be our, tend to be our most popular episodes. Uh, <laughs> you know, the scream ones are big. And la- last year we did Stephen King adaptations, and then what was yeah. it? Chucky, Chucky. We did. We've done Chucky. Ch- Chucky. Yeah. yeah. So we'll um, see. Yeah. So you, you never know. Nope. Uh, th- uh, we, we've even discussed maybe a, a final destination mm-hmm. month at some point, mm-hmm. possibly. We'll see. So. Death could be coming for you soon. Mm, very soon, folks. Ch- ch- check both ways before you cross the street. <laughs> there are buses amok. Uh, beware of Donald Trump. You know, it's uh, he could be anywhere. Well, he could show up at hotels. Uh, you don't know. If only he was in a Final Destination film. That would oh, be amazing. Yeah. This would be like... <laughs> if only. You're fired. Actually, Death says, you're fired, Donald. <laughs> Smack. Smack. Like, oh uh, we can dream we can yes dream. we can we can <laughs> oh gross yeah i don't know too much else that's going on in the world right now uh it's it's a new yeah, year nothing yeah. nothing too thrilling it's we'll a see. new dawn it's a new day it's a new year and i'm feeling good i'm so feeling all right i'm, I'm okay. not good i'm like good I'm just strong. okay it's strong <laughs> you need to calm down yeah, i mean <laughs> strikes are done we'll see if that makes a difference on the movies we get and shit we'll see uh you know someone put out like this uh calendar of like all the movies that are coming out this year mm-hmm. and i was like ho hum yeah it was like the only one that looked good was like beetlejuice 2 and even that's like eh, maybe yeah, we'll see yeah I was it's, like, this is all that's coming out this year? Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, usually the stuff that I end up caring about is stuff that it's like, is not announced until like the last second, you know? It's like, oh, this movie right. is like coming to Netflix like next week. And it's like, oh, that actually looks yeah. good. Like, okay, interesting. Where is Maxine? Yeah. Where is she? Right. Exactly. We need her more than ever. Right. Yeah. I I need this in my life. I did sit down and watch Suitable Flesh. Liked it a lot. I think you would enjoy this oh. movie. 
quite a bit. I'm excited to see it. Yes. It's it's definitely got some like 80s Stuart Gordon vibes mixed with like a little bit of like Sam Raimi and mm. uh Heather's great, Barbara's great. It's 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 a really good time. Oh. Someone described I it love as like all of a, these things. I heard it described as a perverted lifetime movie, which I think is oh. about right. So I think you like And it. I just came. Wow. <laughs> okay, let me let me clean that up. Okay. Oh god. All right. And <laughs> Okay, Frank Krueger. Putting that on my list. Uh, okay. Good stuff. <clears throat> oh. Fantastic. But today, we are in the year 1984. 40 years ago today. Not today, but, you oh. know, uh, this year. Oh. <laughs> you know? Well, that does remind me. Where's the 40th anniversary 4K of this? Because yeah. I watched it on Blu-ray, and mm. I, I, I've seen it on Blu-ray before. I don't know why I didn't recall this, but the soundtrack is fucked up. Mm. Like, there's all these, like, little stingers that, that are gone that mm-hmm. were in the original version, and I'm wondering... Mm-hmm. What happened with that? What's hmm. going on? So we need a new four four K just for the original soundtrack again. Right, right. It it upset me. And I think there there were still some edits that have never been put back in. Like I, I, it was like re- really small things. I was reading through the production history. It was like thirteen seconds yeah. worth of stuff that was in like a laser disc released from like ninety six, and then like never quite totally came back so yeah it was something in tina's death like i think when she hits the bed the blood squirts out for like an extra two seconds or right. something i don't know right something like that right yeah yeah you know as with the screen movies there's a lot of production history here and i'm not going to get to everything because if you go watch the whole uh, never sleep you know nightmare documentary series what's it called Never sleep uh, again. Never sleep again. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's go, great. Go, go watch. It's they, one of the best. They're they're great. Yeah. But uh, briefly here, uh, you know, uh, the film was inspired by several newspaper articles printed in the Los Angeles Times in the 1970s um, about these um, Hmong refugees who, after fleeing the United States because of war and genocide. Uh, suffering suffered these disturbing nightmares and they refused to go to sleep. Some of the men died in their sleep soon after. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, the 1970s pop song Dreamweaver by Gary Wright sealed the story for Wes Craven, giving him not only an artistic setting to jump off from, but a synthesizer riff for the movie soundtrack. I love that. I actually did not know that. I love that. That's what Wikipedia says. Who knows? Could be AI, oh. as we said, but who knows? <laughs> I, you know, I like that. Because yeah. what was that? That that um, It was like a compilation CD that they would always promote mm-hmm. back in the 90s. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. one, of the, one, one of those like Time Life, the best of the 70s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they always had that song on there. And I was yeah. like, that would be good in a horror movie. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we know. And Wes was like, I agree. Here's Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Who knew? Dream Inspirational. <laughs> I'm your boyfriend now. You think he did that at karaoke nights? God, one can only hope. God. Somewhere there's like archival footage. Like Super 8 st- stuff of him just being like, all right, I'm going to sing Dream Weaver. Yeah. From my yeah. pal Fred. Yeah. Uh, he also drew some inspiration from. Uh, Eastern religions, which I could definitely say he was a very smart dude, this Wes Craven, yes. as I'm sure most of our listeners knows. But, you know, he was a college professor. He uh, taught a lot about like folklore and you know different religions and uh, just very intelligent guy. Theology in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the villain, Mr. Kruger, is drawn from uh, Craven's early life. One night, a young Craven saw an elderly man walking on the side path outside the window of his home. The man stopped to glance at a startled Craven and then walked off. This served as the inspiration for Freddy Krueger, apparently. Um, due to, and here's you kind of mentioned this too. Uh, Fred Krueger was intended to be a child molester, but Craven eventually characterized him as a murderer to avoid exploiting a spate of highly publicized child molestation cases that occurred in California around the time of the film's production. Uh, so, yes. so it was another like Columbine type deal here where we, we can't show something in a film that because, you know, something in real life is too close to that. Yeah, I've always found that really weird. You know, yeah. I'm like, if it's happening in real life, I think it's fair game. You know, like right. I, I now I wouldn't say like use people's actual names and stuff. No, and of course not. No. Ba- base it on that but no. like you know we can talk about the same themes and right. stuff like like that like, isn't that the point of movies to like hold a mirror to what's happening in real life i'm just saying folks that's what i thought i don't know i mean considering like the past few years i don't think that's what movies are about at all i, I think it's about things exploding <laughs> in surround sound and women always being nice to other women you know as as is true in real you life know, as is true because that's the reality of the world i don't <laughs> yeah. know what kind of world you're living in what kind of sandbox are you playing in but everyone gets along in mine <laughs> we're all happy here kevin join us <laughs> nobody fights we all get along why is this villain so mean <laughs> why are they making that person cry <laughs> I feel bad for them. Good. You're supposed to feel bad for them. <laughs> That's the point. It's called empathy. Yeah. God. What is wrong with these people? I don't get it. I truly, truly don't get it. Uh, Why are the stepsisters so mean to Cinderella? She just wants to dress up. Mm-hmm. I'm canceled. really bothered by this. I, I'm going to cancel the stepsisters. They're not going to the ball. <laughs> They're not invited to the Met Gala. They're not invited. <laughs> I refuse to let them go. Yeah, it's 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 something. It's a thing. But Freddy, he's the meanest. Oh, he's the meanest of them all. You know. Yeah. Because he laughs. He'll laugh in your face. Right. Right. Craven had also apparently been bullied at school by a child named Fred Fred Krueger. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Love it. Damn, that's some good karma there. Yeah. Like, I'm going to write you into the biggest monster of all time. Is this guy still alive right now? Because, you know. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) He has to, like, go into, like, the wall, wall greens and be like, I'm picking up a prescription for (sighs) Freddy Freddy Krueger. Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? (laughs) FK. FK. (laughs) Hold the J. We're just going to keep the FK. Yeah, uh, I totally went as Freddy Krueger for Halloween one year as a kid. Good times. Oh, I did too. Ugh. I got that. Um, they had this makeup shit that was disgusting. Where like you stuck yeah. it to your face with like it was like something like Vaseline. Mm-hmm. It wasn't sp- spirit gum. And for some reason, we were having a really hot Halloween. And as I was walking around, like the the chunks of the the uh, makeup would just fall off like into my treat bag. It was disgusting. Mm. <laughs> it was so sick. It was so gross. Oh my god! Well, it kind of makes sense. It became such a like big pop culture 
figure because like he is allowed to talk he is allowed to make like wisecracking jokes and stuff as opposed to you know jason and michael who you have them on talk shows what are they gonna do just sit there and lay up staring at you the whole time you know i think arsenio hall tried to have jason on and he didn't get much out of it yeah surprise right (laughs) kind of a waste of a half hour to be honest (laughs) (laughs) we learned nothing right exactly Like, why did you want to go to Manhattan? What were you looking for in the big city? Are you a little boy with a big dream? What happened? <laughs> did you get seasick? God, what was going on? Did you take a pill beforehand? Is that why you were so mad? Is that why you threw that girl on the dance floor? Jason. Jason Voorhees. How dare you? Oh, we never got anything out of him. It's such no. a shame. No. And Michael, I mean, Dr. Loomis tried. He tried. Freddie's just like... Here I am. Here's my personality. I got jokes. Here I am. You know, him and the Crypt Keeper, did they ever get together? Because they should have. They would have been a great oh, team, you know? Man. Oh, that would be fun. Great team up. Like, they could they could have, like, a comedy tour just go around, you know, to, like, you know, yes. cas- casinos and shit. Yes. They trade in puns. They could do, like, movie reviews, like those two uh, guys from <gasps> the Muppets, the, the old yes. guys. Yeah. Love it. Oh my god, what a missed opportunity. Yeah. Man. Well, there's still time. <laughs> Why not? Well, they were everywhere in the 90s. Like I do yeah. rem- remember mm-hmm. like around Halloween time, it was like Freddy, Crypt Keeper and Elvira that I would see the most mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of like merch and stuff yeah. like like that. So Yeah. And all of them very witty. They had they the puns. The, they the, are. the 90s, I guess it was all about the wit and the puns. It's, yeah, the, the, the cynicism and, uh, yeah, the wit. And uh, it's, you ha- always had to be commenting on something else. And uh, good times. Good times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, these uh, 80s monsters and uh, late late 70s, 80s monsters really became sort of the, the our, our version of the 50s, the, the 30s through 50s, you know, Um Mm-hmm. Universal mon- monsters, which is you know interesting to look back on, and uh, yeah, it's uh, I always hear like they're working on a reboot of this, but uh, so far haven't heard anything Oof, you know yeah. solid. So we'll see. Nothing concrete. Yeah, they keep saying like they've approached Mike Fl- Flanagan or he's approached them or yeah. there's stuff where like the rights might still be tied up in the Craven Estate and New Line doesn't actually have the rights, mm-hmm. which gets me scared because that means like Blumhouse could get them and then Ugh. we'd all regret that and, you know that's wouldn't that would that that would just be a waste of time oh, God. keep david gordon green away please just just keep him away from it <laughs> <sighs> the power of craven compels the power you. of god yeah <laughs> i've decided like he's just this like demon that like you can't get rid of so you just have to like <laughs> You have to trap him in a franchise for a while until he just burns out and then comes back like years later in a different franchise. Like he's just one of those those demons. You can't get rid of him. <laughs> he's just going to go franchise by f- yep. franchise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Like what franchise should I do now? How about City Slickers? I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> How about the vacation movies? <laughs> <laughs> David Gordon Green's Vacation. Hopefully from Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, God love him. I mean, I just, well, he did something. He like, seems so lost. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> go back and do some comedy stuff. Go do something. I don't know. Just get out of horror for a while. That's what. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> just please, for the mm-hmm. love of God. 
go do your little five dollar indie dramas that you like so much you know <laughs> yes yeah that sounds like fun yeah oh gosh Just i don't know leave our pazuzu alone yeah yeah and then I'm hearing rumblings that a, a, a faculty remake might be happening, but the, there's there's no, oh, yeah. no real source. It's like some scooper that no. just randomly made a comment. And I'm like, well, that seems unlikely, but okay. I mean, yeah, like we could have made that co- comment. Yeah. We could have been like, right. we right. just heard Ty, Ty West is going to be producing a remake of Valentine. <laughs> and then Urban Legends Final Cut. Not right. Urban Legends. Urban Legends Final <laughs> Cut. It's very specific. <laughs> Okay, he 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 has a vision and a concept. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if someone were, were to do that? Like, yeah. I'm not going to remake Halloween. I'm going to remake Halloween Resurrection. That's the one I'm going to do. Like, <laughs> just skip right to the goodness, you know? I think that film really had some good things to say, but you know, I can really I can really do better, you know? In today's political climate, you know, yeah. I mean, we're all being sur- surveyed, we're all being right. watched, you right. know. That's what these people are experiencing. They're being watched by us and by Michael Myers. But isn't Michael Myers just us? Isn't he just society? That we failed? Society is a failed experiment like Michael Myers. <laughs> See? I've already pitched it. It's on. <laughs> Bring back J- Jamie Lee Curtis for a cameo. Yep. Same wig. <laughs> Probably, <same laughs> Probably outfit, looks a little bit worse know, now. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> a little worse for the wear, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to work this time, you guys. <laughs> Bring back the H2O mask. Everybody loved it. It was everybody's favorite mask. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to remake Resurrection, but with the H2O mask. <laughs> Maybe just the H2O CGI mask, to be more specific. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's the way I've always really seen him. You know? <laughs> we got to get back on track here. All right. So. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street Nightmare was 1984. <laughs> A young buck named Wesley Craven <laughs> pitched it to everyone in Hollywood and they said, no, you silly fool. We well, don't watch your dream movie. That is what happened basically here, you know? He, yeah. They, he, pitched, he pitched this to every studio and for whatever reason, they were all like, nope. Uh, but then this yeah, little, up with that? little fledgling new line here. They took a chance, you know? Mm-hmm. They did. Take a chance, 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 take a chance. And it's a good yeah, thing it they was did. like something um they'd only really done like John Waters movies yes. and like Reefer mm-hmm. Madness and mm-hmm. um I think they might have released Evil Dead at some point like in like one version of it one maybe? version of it yeah yeah uh, I think yeah they had only distributed films up until that point but mm-hmm. this is the first time I yeah. guess they had agreed to produce the film um yes so that's interesting here and it's you know good good for them that they did because you know, it it really kicked them off as a studio and made them a little bit of a success there for a while. You know, and uh, yeah, they uh, they used to call themselves the house, house that Freddie built. Freddie built, yes. What what a title! Which sounds like a great like Hallmark film. You know, <laughs> the house that Freddie built. There was some air on Friday. Uh, there was that film from like the twenty tens. What was the the house the house that Jack built or something? It was uh, the, uh, oh, or, I still haven't seen that. Me neither. Me neither. Like. 
was that Lars von Trier? I believe so. I believe so. Didn't see okay. it. So but, I, uh, I should definitely take an antidepressant before uh, I Probably. Walk, That's the thing with this movie. Is, you know? They're really sad. Hide all the razors. I'm about to watch a Von Trier. You're probably going to see a penis. It might be cut off. You know? Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might not be a pleasant penis. No. But it'll be a penis. I uh, know. Oh. Kirsten Dunst is going to be really sad the whole movie. <laughs> we'll see. And who wants to see Kiki Dunst sad? You no. Know? We no. want to see her triumph. Yeah. <laughs> She's in some uh, new Civil War movie. Uh, that, oh yeah, you see this? Uh, uh, you know it's the 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 guy that did Men. Yeah, it's like a it's like a Garland. Sp- yeah, but he said it's like a spiritual sequel to Men. Which I'm like, who asked does for that? Not make me want to see this movie at no. all. <laughs> like, what's gonna happen? I'm scared that like Jesse Plemons is gonna split open and start like giving yeah. birth to himself over right. and over again. Exactly. I don't think we've talked about men on this podcast. The moment I finally sat down and watched this movie, I messaged you right away. And it was just like, what the fuck is this movie? I was like, I don't know. I kind of hated it. Like, I just, I I, I just, it is the very epitome of, you know, at the end of every like trend the movies just get so ridiculous that like we have to go on to do something else and like this was at the very tail end of like all those elevated horror folk horror things and i'm just like this is so pretentious so fucking up its own ass that i was just like i'm done i cannot watch any more of these movies anymore it was so weird i was like i feel like they're trying to say something but i didn't i didn't understand what they were trying i'm like am i just stupid I mean, I'm, I might be, but like, I, I think the message was is... that men suck. I think that was just, you know, which, which, I, who, I mean, we know that, <laughs> you know, it, obviously true. Yes. true. I mean, <laughs> we agree with yes. your thesis, right. but I, like, <laughs> but why? <laughs> it was just so weird, <sighs> but like, oh, but the, the weirdest thing is when they, they try to like de-age the main guy. Yeah. Into like that that little boy. And yeah. it's the creepiest shit I think <laughs> I've ever seen in my it's so life. Weird. It's so fucking <laughs> weird. I'm like, why? I, like every choice made, I was just like, why? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. What is this trying to say? What is it trying to prove? What's yeah. it? What what what? What's why? Man, why? Truly. Truly. <laughs> God, that was a weird fucking movie. It was. And yet, like, give it a decade, and I'm gonna be like, "Do I need to rewatch Men?" Oh, probably. <laughs> and then Did I'll I hate miss it something? just as much. <laughs> I can already see it now. Will it be a remake of The Stepfather or Boogeyman? It's gonna be a you Boogeyman know, situation. Which one's here, it gonna yeah. be? <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I else like we got this here? film, which uh, is fresh as a daisy. Oh, fresh as daisies. You know, it's so quintessentially 80s, but yes, but also so brilliant. I mean, it's just, it's so good. Yeah. You know, it, it, it uh, oh. some, some movies can feel dated and like classic at the same time. And that's just this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how, but it, it's, it's Absolutely. great. You know? Yeah. Uh, but what else we got here? You know, um, Kruger wanted to make a, a horror film with a different kind of villain here, you know, because at the time everybody was wearing masks and they didn't talk. Like we said, you got Leatherface and Michael Myers and Jason. Um, he wanted to yeah, do someone who could like make comments and be taunting and threatening um, like killers in real life, you know? 
Maybe, I don't know too many killers who make these this many jokes, but maybe they're out there. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. You know, Kevin, I've never been killed. I, I, I've been wanting to. It's 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 one of my New Year's resolutions. Couldn't say. Um, I'm hoping to go out like Diane Keaton and looking for Mr. Goodbar, you know, with like strobe lights and shit. Yeah. And um, naked Tom Berenger. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't know if they yeah. taunt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes you hear stories. I like I, I know stories about like Ted but. Bundy, there was a a woman who I think sur- survived mm-hmm. an a- attack from him, and all I remember is she said like his eyes turned into like an animal's eyes. Mm. Like I don't remember anything about like you know one liners necessarily. Well, there was John Wayne it's, Gacy. You know, he was a it was a clown. Yes. So there's that. Yeah, I guess but was he a good clown? We like we never well, talked about. Was he actually a funny clown? Yeah, we we never saw. I never saw his gig. You know, <laughs> I feel like he's probably a pretty lousy cl- clown. Probably. You know? Probably. He was like, I'm not going to be remembered for being a clown. I might as well start killing. Yeah, you know? that was his thing, I think. Yeah. It's motivation. He was a, he was a real cr- cr- creeper. Gosh. Oh, we, we, really, we really get like the criminal mind on this podcast. You know, we can really, we dig, really in, listen. <laughs> dig into. <laughs> you could watch Criminal Minds. Yeah. Or you could listen to us. Right. You know, you know and... that Mindhunter show on Netflix? You don't have to watch that. Just listen to this <laughs> no. podcast. Yeah. Come on. Apparently, we know. Jeffrey Dahmer, here's his shtick. Okay. <laughs> he was hungry. He was My hungry. God. He saw The Exorcist <laughs> 3. <laughs> loved it. Inspired him to have this career. You know? There you go. Yeah. It's very go. odd. Yeah. <laughs> so God. Just like we don't know Bless what Freddy's Freddy's motivations are, really. You know, we can we can guess. Well, actually, when I was young and I first started to watch these movies, mm-hmm. I was talking to my grandfather, and he said he thought Freddy had a bad case of hemorrhoids, and that's why he was so mean. <laughs> okay. And I am not making this up all at right. all. <laughs> he said, you know, I think that Freddy Krueger just has some hemorrhoids. I think that's what it is. <laughs> well, thank you, Grandpapa, for that <laughs> insight. <laughs> Maybe he was right. Maybe. 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 <laughs> I mean, you know, my v- v- villain origin story will probably be like getting caught in tra- traffic on a bad day. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I feel murderous every time that happens. That is like the one time where I'm like, I could kill. I could fucking kill. I could yeah. kill you and you oh, and totally. your baby too. I mean, look. The one time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not encouraging anyone to murder anyone, but I think we are all no. capable of doing evil things under the the, the, the worst situations. You know, you never know Absolutely. what you're going to do in these situations. You know, it's absolutely it's it's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah. But see, I think that's what makes Freddy scary is that like a lot of people like if you watch something like, you know, misery, you're like, OK, mm-hmm. Annie Wilkes. She's not well in the head, but she's she's very lonely. She's very sad. Like, you can see why she'd want to kill people to keep this guy around and, you know, cover her bases and stuff with Freddie. He was just always a fucking sick asshole from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like nothing you can do. Like you can say, oh, his parents abused him when he when he was a kid. That does not give him an excuse to do what he ended up doing. Like Mm -hmm. that is the sickest, craziest shit you can imagine. And the the fact that he always smiles and he taunts people and, and he, he seems to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, I think the humor works is because it's so sick. It's not just like cracking one liners like like it kind of became in the later films. Right. Like in the beginning, he's still cracking jokes, but it's like because he's enjoying what he's 
doing. Like oh, it's totally. really sick and totally. icky and mm-hmm. makes me want to take a shower. Yeah. And never eat a pepperoni pizza again. Cause it reminds me of his face. <laughs> scary. Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this, this weapon is just so iconic too. you know, this, 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 mm-hmm. this, this glove. And apparently, you know, it's, it, it took a few rounds of the script for this to finally stick. Uh, at one point it was a sickle possibly, but then they finally, sickle. yeah, sickle. Yeah. Which I, it kind of makes, I mean, he's like this kind of dream demon type thing. So I, I guess I could kind of see it kind of this embodiment of death, but, uh, but still mm. this glove is yeah. Now. So freaking iconic that. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine it with, without that. No, no. And, uh, you know, so uh, Craven wrote this screenplay uh, right after he finished Swamp Thing in 1982. Um, yeah, you know, the notion of the screenplay, which is very similar to a lot of his movies, is that the sins of the parents are revisited, are visited upon the children. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but each ch- child is not necessarily stuck with uh, that situation. You know, they have the ability to get out of this somewhat, you know. It, it's tough. Yes. It's tough, but there is some hope, you know? And um, I think that was very, a very prudent idea in this kind of Ronald Reagan era where you see um, all these tax cuts for the rich really starting starting to happen. And uh, these kids really are sort of paying for the sins of their parents, you know? The, the, mm-hmm. these, because you had all these parents who were fighting for change in the 60s and the sexual revolution. And, you know, we're going to change the system from the, the bottom up. But a lot of them kind of sold out in the end and, you know, ended up becoming these wall street execs and everything else. And, uh, I think that's, you know, part of where this screenplay idea comes from too, that like these eighties kids are, um, uh, dealing with the fact that they're, a lot of the parents kind of sold out in the end, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's but, awful. Uh, it's yeah. so sad. Like there's, there's such a tragedy to this movie in particular. I mean, I, th- I think to all of them in some degree, but especially in this f- first one, I mean, it's just this whole family relationship, you know, I mean, the parents are divorced and the dad is so cold and remote and the mom is just like, as we talk, talked about like sometimes in reality, sometimes way out of reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she basically has to take care, care of herself. Like this whole film is basically her asking everybody in her life to support her. And they're all like, I think I'm good. And then she has to save herself in the end. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's very moving. It's a very moving film. And there's that scene at the end where she's like tucking her mom in as if she's a kid. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Just breaks your heart. Yeah, absolutely. What else? What else here? Um, They had to get a lot of backers for this movie outside of new line just to be able to fund it. Apparently, uh, half the funding ended up coming from this Yugoslavian guy who had a girlfriend that he wanted in movies. I don't know who this person was, but that's just what Wikipedia says. We thank you for your We, we, we thank you, Yugoslavian <laughs> gentlemen. It's <laughs> like a song from a flop Broadway show. We, we thank, thank you, you, Yugoslavian gentlemen. <laughs> like from the 30s or something. Yeah. The Rogers and Hart score they don't want you to hear. (laughs) Springtime for Yugoslavia. (laughs) My gentleman. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Your gals in pictures now. Did, oh. did, now, did he actually put her in the movie? I would guess if he put out all this funding, but I don't know who. I'm sure it's out there. I just didn't do the digging. Folks. Which one but is it? I want to know. I want to know who it is. I'll, I'll look it up after we get done. But uh, was it Ronnie Blakely? Maybe. <laughs> was maybe. It? I hope so. God, I hope so. <laughs> was it John Saxon? <laughs> do you think it was John Saxon? Who is such a dish? Oh my gosh. Was S- he a Was he a kept boy? Maybe. I mean, or a kept man. <laughs> I would have kept him. I kept him somewhere. God, he's beautiful. Oh, so oh. hot. So hot. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to turn on the fucking fan and hit shit. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Saxon, rest in peace. But, oh. And his relationship with his yeah. wife. A little a little strained here, you know. A little a, a little depressing. <laughs> but, okay, Marge. <laughs> I do love that yeah. intro. <laughs> Hello to you, too, Donald. Marge. <laughs> and I noticed this bit for for the first time um as I watched it last night where he's he's telling off Nancy for going to Tina's house but he's holding eye contact with Marge the entire time like why the fuck was she there Marge why, this was your responsibility okay I'm working 50,000 hours I don't have time for it God, like we still haven't caught that creepy guy who terrorized the sorority house a few years ago. We, I, 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 ah! <laughs> they stopped paying me three weeks ago. <laughs> just... Right. Also, oh, how long, long before this movie did they burn Kruger? Because, right, like they can't be that old. They're just like regular parents like 40s maybe like, yeah I, I, yeah because i'm trying to remember i remember reading the script when i was younger because i was like trying to get into film and being like how do you write a script and yeah. this was the script that taught me everything yeah and i think in the script they're like the kids are supposed to be like 15 mm. um so i don't know the parents late late 30s early 40s maybe okay yeah. Uh, but but then it also does beg the question like how old were the main characters when this was going down yeah like were they like two or three if they were like five or six Mm. you'd think they might remember something like once they start getting older you'd think "Eh, they should probably remember this a bit well isn't there in the later movies isn't there something about like they haven't established this yet but like just living on the street that memories play tricks on you and the 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 cops forget the, the Am I making this up? I feel like later in the movies, there's something about like just this street in general is making people like forget things from that happened. I I don't know. We'll see. As we oh, so it's like Fear Street. Like, yeah, how it's like why do people keep mo- moving here? This is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we'll see. I could just be totally imagining this or thinking about something else. But I, I, I there was was it Freddy versus Jason? Maybe yeah, we're like yes. they've all I forgotten think, about it or I something. Think that is it. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because there's, like, something where they're – at some point, like, I think that's why Freddy possesses Jason is to make them remember, yeah. right? Yes. Because yes. at some point he's, yes. he's, he, he's like, make them remember. Yes. yes. Uh, something like that. Something like, like all, that. Like, on these drugs or something. Like, they're on, like, hip, the hip, hip, hypnosil, hip, hip, yeah. hypnosil or yeah. something to yeah. forget something it. Like I don't know. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that one. It's been a while. Yeah, we might have to sneak that in at some point, too. That's a – it's, it's I'd be while. fine with that. Yeah. It's been yeah. so long, but yeah. it'll be a fresh film. 
Do you know, and I bet you do, who was originally cast to play Freddy? David Warner. David Warner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think I think Craven wanted like an older guy, which at that point, David Warner wasn't like that. He was like in his 50s, maybe. Right? Super old. Yeah. Yeah. He's, no, uh, he's, like, he's, he's, he's a taller guy than, uh, you know, Robert here. And uh, yeah. And uh, Kane Hodder was up for the role, too, which is that really? would be interesting, apparently. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Would have been a very different take. I, can, can Kane even do like this? kind of you know jokey thing i don't know you know i really don't know i i that's brand new information to me this, i didn't know this that. is brand new information <laughs> it really is yeah. i did not know that uh yeah craven said that like everybody saw was too quiet too compassionate toward children <laughs> and then robert england comes in oh. apparently not compassionate <laughs> not compassionate <laughs> towards children <laughs> i saw him walk in and he kicked a toddler i was like you're the dude yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, England had been told to act like weasel-like, which I get it. And uh, because real abusers and molesters are often these kind of weasel-type dudes. They're not like these big hulking yeah. men usually sometimes, but not oh. always. And uh, so that worked for him, apparently. And uh, yeah, for, for uh, Nancy, uh, we got Langenkamp because uh, she just seemed like the every person, you know, girl. You know, she's the girl next door. And uh, she had done a bunch of commercials at the time. Um, but yeah, was not a big star at the moment. Uh, she beat out 200 other actresses, though. So good for you. I did hear that. Um, I think it was Catherine Mary Stewart and Kelly Maroney from Night of the Comet read for read for this this movie yeah there was a lot of heather read for night of the comet as well yeah wikipedia was saying there was a lot of conflicting information about like who auditioned for this and who didn't audition for this like even like people like demi moore possibly or courtney cox but but apparently some of that has been disputed over the years so who knows i feel like if courtney cox had auditioned there would have been at some point like during the scream promo where she would have been like you know it's funny I auditioned for Nightmare on Elm Street and didn't get it, but you now I'm working with Wes. You, you know, think. you think someone would have said that at right. some point, right? You would definitely think, yeah. But you yeah. never know. I mean, that was kind of when she was first starting out, so it's possible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there weren't separate auditions for Tina and Nancy. They kind of just had a bunch of actresses come in and read for both these roles at the same time and alternate them back and forth. And eventually, that's how you get Amanda Weiss. She's kind of switched in for Tina during a callback at one point. And um, yeah, the, uh, Wes just loved the chemistry between her and Heather. So that's how you get her. Johnny Depp, uh, unknown actress, actor, actress, actor, who knows <laughs> anymore. Uh, but <laughs> who can tell? Who can tell? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, nobody really knew him at the time. Um, had he done uh, 21 Jump Street yet? I can't no, remember. No, no that was, was after I this, think this wasn't was it? like his first. Right. Doesn't he get like an introducing credit in this or something? I think so. Now that you say it, yes. Mm-hmm. I think he might be like that was always the most exciting credit to, to have. It's it seems, you know, introducing. Yeah. 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 It's nice. Uh, originally, he was written as, the, as this big blonde beach jock football player kind of guy. But uh, apparently, Wes Craven had his daughter picked up, pick out some headshots. And this was one of the ones that... She liked. So there you go. Man, I hope he sends her a Christmas gift every year. Right, exactly. like, Thanks for my career. Yeah. 
which has been crumbling lately, but <laughs> at the time, you I know, mean, <laughs> he probably doesn't send them anymore. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How dare you? Why'd you ruin my life? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, that's kind of cool that because I, uh, yeah. I heard I think Charlie Sheen was up for it at some point, too. But he asked for too much money because he was more yes. like known. Saw that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Believe so. And uh, that would have been fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that uh, is crazy. I mean, Johnny Depp became such a huge star after this movie, particularly throughout the 90s, and uh, it's, 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 it is nuts. And even, you know, Scream, they cast Skeet Ulrich because he looked like Johnny Depp or could be made to look like Johnny <laughs> Depp. Like, that's... that's. <laughs> I always find it fascinating watching The Craft. He looks nothing like Johnny Depp to me, but watching Scream, no. like, you know, they make him look like Johnny Depp. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's kind of kind of odd yeah mm-hmm. he's, like, he's like a little chameleon that skeet yeah part of it's the clothes like in the craft he's wearing yeah. these big baggy you know early 90s grunge type Very clothes, 90s clothes yeah. yeah but uh, uh oh mark Patton also had auditioned for this role um which is oh, funny it's interesting because uh he comes he will come back next week folks so put a pin in oh that. yes yes a pin in mr Patton. yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, quickly here, let's see. Principal photography began on June 11th, 1984, lasted 32 days around Los Angeles. Uh, the high school is John Marshall High School, which if that looks familiar, it's because that's where Grease and Pretty in Pink and several other films have been set over the years. Uh, they used over 500 gallons of fake blood for special effects. Apparently the blood was just water with food, uh, food dye in it. Um, not that, oh, that not yeah that, uh, that makes more sense not the pig's blood right um i mean yes certainly <laughs> for the the johnny depp bed scene I mean, yeah that's, uh, yeah it looks like more water. it looks more watery like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do. sean cunningham came on and uh helped craven at the end of the shooting um he did some of the second uh unit stuff um in nancy's dream sequences uh, we talked about the different. Did we talk about the endings? I think, we, or we, have yeah, we started yeah. recording? Yeah, we talked about them. Yeah, the yes, kind of differences there were in here. Many an ending. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's like there's uh there's one where they just drive drive away and the mom waves. Yeah. There's one where Freddie's actually driving the yeah. the car. Yeah. Um. There's all kinds of like little variations and t- tweaks. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's one where they drive drive away ha- happy and the mom still gets like ripped through the door. Mm-hmm. So you're like, is this yep. her nightmare the whole time? Or Nancy's? We don't know. We don't know. Who knows? Yeah. It's a mystery. It's a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. We don't know. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, you know, the film wrapped in July of 84, and then it was out in November that year. So pretty quick turnaround there. Yeah. It, it's crazy, like, how fast the turnaround used to be for movies. And it still is mm, for some yeah. movies, but it's it seems like... Like they had a whole slate of movies come out this year, even though we had a six month writers and actors strike, you know, that that's, that's crazy to me. And yet they, there were still all these movies that they were able to get out. And I did notice the quality was not as good for the theatrical stuff as it normally is, but still it's crazy that they had these movies pretty much filmed and ready to go for most of the year. But, well, and especially back in the in the day where it took a lot more time, yeah. not just to film a movie, but to cut it together. I mean, yeah. you were actually cutting the film itself. Right. Whereas now you just like load it all in in into a computer and yeah. you can have like multiple versions of a scene, you know, practically at the same the same time. I mean, it was so much more difficult then and like really like t- 
time consuming work. Yeah. Um, I mean, it still is, but it, it to a different degree. Yeah. And so to think about that being done in July and then coming out like at the end of the year, like that's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. And for to, to turn out as good as it did, you know, sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes all the stars align and things come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's lightning in a bottle, that one. But absolutely. Uh, kind of interesting little fact here. This little uh, one to, you know, buckle my shoe type song here that we get for Freddie's theme song here. One, two, Freddie's coming for you. Uh, the melody was written by Alan Pasqua, who was Heather Langenkamp's boyfriend at the time, soon to be husband. Oh, wow. Uh, interesting. Not uh, Bernstein. Uh, was it Charles Charles Bernstein who did this? Uh, yes. 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 The, um, not Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that movie because we have other things <laughs> to get to. But let me let me tell you, I have some thoughts on that fucking movie. Maybe maybe next week we have time. <laughs> the Jesus other Christ. maestro. Jesus Christ. God, it's not even. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna start. Okay. <laughs> don't get him started. Not, don't don't, don't even get, get me started. started. Don't get me started. Uh, so they submitted the film to the Motion Picture Association of America. Uh, they had to do some cuts, like we said, not a ton here, but there there were some little cuts here and there. And like I said, the uncut version uh, it had a laser disc release in like 1996, but has never really um, uh, been released since then. Also, pause one second. My phone is ringing. Freddy? Freddy? Is, is that, that you? you? Tell him you already have a boyfriend, Kevin. <laughs> Ironically, that, that was my boyfriend, actually. <laughs> um, or was it Freddy Krueger? We'll never know. I don't know. Are we in a dream? What, what What's happening? Why is there a tongue coming out of my cell phone? Why am I turning into a cockroach? (laughs) That's not this this movie, but later, Uh, later uh, on. Uh, Fascinatingly, this film did not even get a wide release right away. We had a limited theatrical release, you know, November 9th, 1984, opening in 165 cinemas, which is still a pretty good number, but Mm -hmm. considered a limited, apparently. Uh, it grossed $1 million during its opening weekend, which was considered a commercial success then, and uh, ended up grossing $25 million in the U.S. and Canada, and then $57 million worldwide, which for 1984, a little horror movie, that's that's a big, pretty good chunk of change there. Very good, yeah. Um, the critics were, you know, pretty nice to it overall, too. It's always hard to kind of tell because the critic reviews that are on Rotten Tomatoes are like built up over the years. So it's like, you know, yeah. decades here, but, uh, uh, the Washington post, they praised it. Um, they said for such a low budget movie, nightmare on Elm street is extraordinarily polished. The script is consistently witty. Uh, the camera work by uh, jock Heitkin is, uh, crisp and expressive. Kim Newman, of uh, the monthly film bulletin wrote that nightmare on Elm street was closer to a Stephen King adaptation with its small town setting and invented monster myth. I could see that. There's definitely some it kind of vibes in this. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like let's ig- ig- ignore the monster and it'll just go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they can't. And... But it's it's lurking under the surface and you can't get rid of it. You know, it's it's it's, yeah. it's built into the psyche of the the town at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, um, 
Yeah, it's got a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, you know, one of the highest reviews, review films that we've covered, I think. So rightly so. Rightly so. I think so. What is going on in this film? I'm sure people have seen it, folks. You've probably seen it, but still. I mean, my God, I, I, I really would hope so. And if there's someone who hasn't seen it, I don't know why you're listening to us. I don't know. Leave right now and yeah. watch the movie. Exactly. You know, we, we always. It's so wonderful. I always struggle covering these movies because it's like, what do we say that hasn't been said by 50, 50 million other people? And at some yeah. point I'm just like, oh, well, <laughs> if you hear it again, yeah, you hear it again, you know? we're we're gonna have to yeah, you know because yeah. it's it's a cla- classic film it's a piece of pop culture oh and yeah totally be, people just know it yeah um but yeah there's uh there's a young girl named tina and she is having a nightmare mm-hmm. to end all nightmares because she's in like a boiler room it's hot it's foggy there are lambs just scurrying around why there's are the lambs sheep. crying I, I, I don't know we never find out we no. never know why it's a sacrificial it's, it's lamb, just I guess, randomly there it's, it's there yeah i, I I guess it's like one of those metaphor th- thingies, it's right. like, you know, where it's like, yeah. is she the lamb? You know, um, yeah. and uh, and this guy is just chasing her with these these sharp claws and mm. this burnt looking face. And he pops up and grabs her and she wakes up and she goes, ah, and her mom comes in and she's like, you OK, Tina? So it's like she's been drinking all night by the way. <laughs> the families in this movie, the parents are a motley crew. Yes. Of people you would never want to care for a child no. ever. They're just emotionally unavailable, stunted, seem to all have like drug and drink problems. Like they're just all just they need to take care of themselves, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, which they clearly cannot do. So Isn't that I'm usually saying, how it goes though. You know, the people who have kids yeah. are the ones who shouldn't be having the kids. Yeah. Exactly. Like <sighs> I think all these kids were conceived when they were all like fifth. 15 yeah. and they're just like oh i guess we should get married even though we're yeah. not compatible and you know it's I, like those kinds of re- relationships here that, on elm street that hippie thing didn't work out so let's let's you have know. kids and you know <laughs> get a 401k sometimes and, you know. love can be a little too free okay <laughs> so, um, and uh so yeah tina wakes up and her mom's like oh some nightmare you must have had and she's like what and she looks down and there's these claw marks on her nightgown she's like oh, what the hell and so um her mom's like you should cut your fingernails or stop that kind of dreaming one or the other <laughs> and tina goes back to sleep with a crucifix in her hand because she's mm-hmm. a little scared and uh, she needs jesus and she tells her friends this nancy and glenn um on the way to school the next day and she's like yeah it was so weird and and uh and there was this nursery rhyme this one two freddy's coming for you thing mm-hmm. and um and then her sort of boyfriend rod shows up and is all like i woke up with a heart on Tina. he's a character and, he's a character mm-hmm. and he just seems like a just a an oddball yeah and um and they're like joking and teasing and then they're all like you know, maybe, maybe there's a big earthquake and that's why we're all going to have these dreams because things get really weird just before it. They're like, this, ah. the scene with them outside the school is very proto scream too. You know, it's, it's like yeah. the exact vibe of them just sitting around the fountain talking about like what happened the night before, you know, with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that stuff. And, uh, also very kind of interesting so. that like, you know, you brought up the crucifix and stuff like Freddie never really addresses the the religious stuff in this movie like it's it, they like they try no. to protect themselves with it but like he never is like oh my gosh i'm yeah. repelled by this later on we will see that happen more but at this point right he, he doesn't give a shit about any of this he doesn't even address i it. mean i <laughs> guess he well he does sort of make a joke a 
about like the please God, this is God thing, you know, ah, like, true, so maybe true, true. kind of saying like, your God's not going to work against me, bitch, right, you know, right. kind of yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. True. True. Um, but yeah, so they all decide to stay over at Tina's house because her mom is off with her boyfriend, um, being a great mother. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so she, um, they're just all hanging, hanging out and stuff. And that's when Nancy reveals that she had a nightmare last night too. And she describes this guy and she's like, and Tina's like, wait, that's the same guy that I dreamt about. And you can tell that Glenn's kind of like, hmm, interesting. So you're like, maybe he had the dream too. And then they hear this noise outside this. And you go, oh no. And, uh, (laughs) and they walk, they walk outside and Glenn's like, you know, trying to puff up and stuff. And he's all like, you know, Hey, I'm going to punch your ugly lights out. (laughs) He's really hard, hardcore Glenn. Um, and then Rod pop pops out and scares everybody. And he's all like, ha ha. I've got these things on my fingers making the, making the sound. Hey. Yeah, yeah. And he's all like, your, your mom's not home. Let's go have some sex. Yeah. And, uh, Nancy's like, we should probably leave. And Tina's like, no, please don't leave me here with him. And so they just decide to stay. And like, Glenn's like trying to get some action from Nancy. And she's like, we're here for Tina, not ourselves. And <laughs> he's a little repressed. Maybe he's not really getting any, she's not feeling like it, nor should she, this is a yeah. serious situation. Yeah. He looks like a preppy, and, um, you know, he dresses like a preppy, but I think there's a yeah. little, little freak under that exterior. You know, you can tell. Yeah. The, the Johnny Depp we've all come to know in the past, a mm-hmm. uh, few d- decades is, is fighting to get out in mm-hmm. this role. Mm-hmm. You can tell, um, and so they're having the sex and after that rod reveals he had a nightmare as well and tina's like wait what and they all go to sleep and nancy awakens because this figure is pushing itself out from behind her in the bedroom and like knocking the crucifix off the wall and stuff and Tina wakes up because she hears this voice calling her name outside and she gets dressed and and they keep throwing these like rocks at her window, which I think in the script was so, so, supposed to be a tooth, mm. I think, mm-hmm. which is weird. Like you can't really tell, but yeah. Um, and uh, so she gets dressed and goes outside and starts to walk down this alleyway and she's distracted by this tra- trash can that falls and then when she turns around there's this guy in this fedora the guy from her dreams and he's laughing and he's reaching out and his arms are getting longer and longer and he's scraping his claws on the the other side of the alley Mm. and she's all like please god and he's like this is god these big carnival arms i love it oh it's so creepy it's like it's it shouldn't work because it's goofy. Like if right. you were to watch this on the set, you'd be like, this will never work. And right. yet somehow the way it's cut together with the music and the sound effects and the mm-hmm. performances, it just completely works. You buy it. Oh yeah. It's got this like and, synthy yeah. chaotic scoring oh, in the background. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's terrific. And so Tina's making a run for it, but Freddie keeps like popping out. Like he'll chase her down a street and somehow he's already at the end of the street waiting for her. And then, like, he pops out from behind a tree where there's no way for him to possibly be hiding and, like, chops off his fingers and then, like, runs after her. And she's trying to get Nancy to open the door. And then they fall on the trash cans. And then she, like, grabs his face and it crumbles off. And then all of a sudden she's in her bed and she wakes up Rod. 
and Rod like pulls the covers off and she's just like thrash, thrash, thrashing around like in the exorcist or some shit. Yeah. And then her blouse opens and these claw marks just up appear and this blood's flying everywhere. And she's pulled up and she's just like being dragged a, a, across the wall Ugh. and just screaming. And then she just falls and this geyser of blood falls out and covers him. And Nancy and Glenn are trying to get in the room. Yeah. And once they get in, they see this hor- horrible scene and, um, and he is nowhere to be found. Can Rod. you think of another he movie before this where they, they like dragged a body across like the entire ceiling and the walls? And I don't think so. I, 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 like maybe some like random Italian movie that I'm thinking of. But like, I you know, I know it's a I very unique yeah. kind of Im- I- image. It's yeah. not something I I don't I really don't think I've ever, ever, ever seen that. But I do think the rotating room that they used was used in like a lot of other movies like what was mm-hmm. that fred astaire movie where he like dances on the ceiling and um, i think they used it for for, for that. that okay um yeah. so it's it's been used in other been stuff used. before yeah um but to use it like this i think yeah. is just so oh it's terrifying because mm-hmm. you because you can't see what tina is reacting to you're right. not seeing mm-hmm. like it's 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 all from rod's point of view so he's just yeah. seen her being like thrown through the air right. and dragged up the wall as she's screaming and he's right. like what is happening and they bring it back for new nightmare and it's just as just as yes. terrifying there you know it's just it's, as great it's, it's great oh it's a great little bit yeah and um so then we discover that nancy's father is lieutenant thompson at the police station where she's been brought by her mother, Marge, mm-hmm. um, who is on her 25th drink of the day, I'm sure. <laughs> and um, drove there herself. Um, oh, it was the she? 80s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, it, it's very clear that there is a very strange relationship between the three of them. Yeah. Um, Lieutenant Thompson's kind of cold and aloof. Um, but he does like there is a part of him that does seem to care about his daughter yeah. um, and is is very upset that Marge allowed her on a school night to go to this friend's house. And now look what happened, you know, right. and he pretty much b- believes that Rod is the one who killed her because there's no other ex- explanation. But Nancy's like, no way. Like, I don't think he would do that. She was talking about about this dream and she yeah. thought that the guy in the dream was going to kill her. And maybe that happened. And. They're all just like, okay, well, let's get you back home and let you go to sleep. I love her delivery on like, how can you say I don't take murder that seriously? Let's just just quote my favorite line deliveries. (laughs) I do love that delivery so much. And I'm I'm obsessed with her hair in this. She has like the most beautiful mane of hair. It's like a character of its own <laughs> you know it's like this just this gorgeous man yeah, I, I love yeah. it and then she gets the, the streak um, late. we're coming up on the streak later oh the yeah. streak is so stylish yeah. i love the streak it's beautiful yeah um and yeah so then the next day you know marge is you know making herself a drink for breakfast <laughs> and um or four i don't know um and the uh the news is showing Tina in the body bag, which I don't even in 84, would they show that? I feel like that's a bit extreme because it's like drenched in blood and just like it's a little gruesome. Yes, yeah, a little like much. Maybe. Yeah, I, uh... I don't know. It seems like a bit extreme, but yeah. oh, well, yeah. it's a movie. Maybe yeah. that seems a dream, too. Maybe. Um, <laughs> and um, this whole thing is just a dream. And uh, 
Nancy comes down and she's like, okay, I'm going to go to school. And Marge is like, no, you're not. You haven't slept at all. And, and you don't need to be going to school. And she's like, if I stay up there, I'm just going to go crazy. So, so she, she leaves and goes to school. And there's this weird guy just watching her the whole time as she mm-hmm. walks. And she's like, what the fuck? Yep. And then Rod pops out of the bushes and drags her in and is all like, I didn't do it. Like, you got to tell them I didn't do it. And then all of a sudden her, her dad pop pops out with with a gun and it's all like okay here you are rod we're gonna arrest you he tries to run yeah you know and um rod who has never and she's all like worn a, a shirt in, a day in his life i think he, you know he's just, no <laughs> not that we mind that we really mind. i mean you um, know he looks great i mean he, he really good for you rod yeah good for you making the most of it before before you die mm-hmm. um and nancy's all like daddy you used me and he's like, what the hell are you going to school today for anyway? Good yeah. point. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. True. I, I, I wouldn't go to school. I'd be like, no. <laughs> like, my friend was just massacred. I think I'm good. Like, I'm going to take the day off. Just take a day. You know, you know Re- take, take a group a bit. Yeah. Go watch some daytime TV. Go, go, just take a day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That, that's, that's a cure-all, you know? <laughs> and uh, she's in class. An English class where the teacher is Lynn is Lynn Shay, so you know you're yep. in trouble. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're reading Shakespeare. Yep. And then all of a sudden, uh, she kind of drifts off a bit, and she sees Tina standing in the doorway, drenched in blood, in a body bag, being like Nancy. <laughs> she looks terrible, and she's like, <laughs> she looks, she's seen better days. Um, a little pale, could use some time in the sun. Let's go to Laguna after this. To, um, to quote sorority and, uh, she, she looks yeah. terrible <laughs> which by the way might also be getting a sequel did you see that ah interesting okay well. the writer posted so- something that was like trying to get some ideas for sorority row 2 and everyone's like what you know i'll believe it when i see it as ma- many of these other too. sequels even, even i know he did last Absolutely. summer I, I, I haven't heard anything yeah. more about this you know <laughs> me either yeah but anyway so um yeah so she, she she's tina so she get get gets up and follows the body bag that's being dragged down the hall by an invisible force and she runs into the hall monitor who's like where's your pass and right. she's like screw your pass and okay, then in this hall, the hall monitor, monitor of course is to laugh yes wearing this you know very freddy krueger shirt here the red and green striped shirt because she is mr <gasps> krueger in Are disguise you serious because she's they, got the glove, and she's like, hey, hey, no running in the hallway. Right, right, exactly. And they, they, they picked those colors because they were the, something to do with your eyes. Like, they're the most polar yeah, opposite like colors. The hardest yeah. contrast to see or something. Yeah. Like, it's, um, which is funny, because, like, I think of that as, like, a Christmas. Christmas colors, but, yeah. Color, yeah. Interesting. Um, and, yeah, so she, she follows this trail of autumn leaves that have somehow just you know <laughs> scattered across the hallway of the high school yep. um into the basement which leads into the boiler room but it's not any other boiler room it's freddy's boiler room mm-hmm. where he's lurking and he pops out and he's like hey and he lifts up his shirt and slices himself and like these maggots come out and nancy's mm-hmm. like okay i think i've seen enough and she's like running i'm good and um i'm good here and she just like runs through the boiler room and she's trapped and he's coming he's got the claw out he's like i'm gonna get you (laughs) and um which i think he actually does say at some point which is a little you know 
a little bit silly but on the nose you do you fred yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a <laughs> little taunting and she's like oh what am, what am i gonna do what am i gonna do and she's like it's only a dream and then she she raises her arm and hits it on this this hot pipe and she wakes up in class and is like freaking the fuck out and everyone's like what is wrong with her the thompson girl has lost her mind uh, must be a tuesday like we know Marge is her mother, but we really thought she'd have a few more years before those genes like caught, you know? <laughs> um, and so naturally her teacher's just like, yeah, I guess you, you can go home now. Um, uh, but you will need a hall pass. And, um, and Nancy walks outside and she's like, God, what's happening? And then she sees this big welt on her arm from the dream where she, she burnt herself on that pipe. And she's like, Hmm, curiouser and curiouser. Mm-hmm. And she goes to see Rod, and once again, he's like, yeah, there was, like, someone else in the room, like, I know you don't believe me, but I had this dream, too, about this guy with the claws, and she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, and he's like, do you believe me, and and she's like, yeah, I guess, (laughs) and then she goes to take a nice hot bath, which I'm sure felt great, you know, after all this trauma, Yeah, it's a really rough day for Nancy, and unfortunately, she does drift off a bit Mm. and freddy comes in between her legs with that claw and then just pulls her in and she thinks she's gonna drown but her mom is very handy with a uh, a coat hanger and picks the lock and comes back in and um offers her some warm milk and she's disgusted warm milk (laughs) warm milk gross gross i love that (laughs) i love that so much (laughs) and and um and she's like oh i'll turn your bed down and stuff and she's like okay great and so her mom leaves and she goes into the cat cabinet and and finds these like no these no dose pills um and i guess so i guess she pops a few of a few of those and um is trying to spend her night watching tv so she's watching the evil dead on tv which is Mm -hmm. you know it'll keep your attention oh yeah it's it's a good a good choice um, certainly never a dull moment in that film. No, no. And um, then she notices that Glenn is outside her window. And uh, and she has to hide him for, for a bit because Marge comes back in and is like, are you okay, baby? Okay, right. fine. <laughs> Good night. I'm going to go drink. Um, this is the 80s and 90s, and so yeah, the, the, the boyfriends are always climbing in through the windows, you know? They're, it was like a thing. Like, a thing. Clarissa, ex, ex, Clarissa ex, ex, explains yeah. it all. Yeah. I think that's where that trend kind of peaked. I think so. You know, yeah. it's like, we have we can't do it be- better than this, you know? Right, you could basically um, score this with, like, Don't don't Fear the Reaper playing in the background. It would basically be the same scene yeah. as, you know, screen. <laughs> It'd be great. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she's like, listen look at this mark i got this in english class and he's like what the fuck and she's like i've got this idea like i'm gonna go to sleep and i need you to wait here because i'm gonna like try to figure out what's going on in this dream world yeah and so just watch me and if it looks like i'm having a nightmare wake me up yeah so she goes to sleep yeah. and she dreams that she is walking out of her house glenn is like hiding behind a bush keeping track track of her and she walks to the police station where rod is and she notices that freddie is coming into the cell 
and he's laughing and he's going to get robbed. And she's like, oh my God, Glenn, are you still here? And then she sees Tina still in that damn body bag. But she's made some new friends. She has like these these bugs and eels that are just all around her and like coming out of her mouth, <laughs> um, which is a, a lovely look. And then she's like, Glenn, are you here? And you hear this voice go, I'm here. And then Freddie pops out and she's like, ah! she's like throwing trash cans and running and she's going back to her house and she goes in and she's going up the steps but then the steps have turned into quicksand and she's trapped and then freddie breaks through the the glass window in her door and is wearing like a mask of tina and is all like help me save me from freddie and then like she's like running i I think i read they use like pancake mix for those stairs which i love yeah it was like bisquick i think yeah it's great um and i believe this wasn't in the script this was something that bob shea decided to put in the film he was like you ever have those dreams where like you can't you can't run Mm -hmm. because your feet are stuck yeah totally they put it they put put it and i think they let him film that too nice they're like well you're gonna direct it bob it's your bit um and it became a good little bit so you do you bob good for you and uh Nancy runs back into her room and Glenn is asleep and she's like, fuck, okay, this is just a dream, just a dream. Freddie comes crashing through the mirror on her door. They have a big old fight and then she does eventually wake up because of her alarm and Glenn is still asleep and she's like, God damn it, Glenn. (laughs) You had one job. Okay. I asked you to do one thing thing. and you fell asleep. Okay. This is ridiculous. It's so good. And she is pissed. It's great that, like, um, she has, like, all the agency in this movie and the, the boyfriend's just kind of useless, absolutely. basically. You know, he's like, you can't even do Pretty one much, job. Yeah. Like, I asked you to do one thing. You, you can't come up with any plans. You just sit there and do nothing. <laughs> he just wears a crop top very well. Yeah, That's the, yeah. the only well, thing that he does. Which, in fairness, is... God know, love him. You know, a, a great life skill, I guess, it, but... <laughs> it, it is a skill. Some people can't pull that off, no, you know? No, Most cannot, to be honest, but he can. <laughs> he, he can. Um, and so, like, she sees that there's still this feather from in her dream where Freddie like sliced up this pillow and she's like hmm did that come out from my dream that's weird and she realizes uh oh Rod's in danger so they rush over to the police station to try to persuade her dad to let Rod out but Freddie because he thinks ahead has got Rod who's asleep and wrapped this noose made out of bed sheets around his neck mm-hmm. and hung him to make it seem like he killed himself Oh yeah, it's, it's so it's a great little scene. You got the horrible. The, the sheet yeah. is acting like a snake, and it just kind of like wraps snake. around his neck, and it's, yeah. it's, great. it's great. Oh, it's really good. And of course, they come come in at just the last minute, and he's dead. And you know, they're just like, "Oh, what are we gonna, gonna do?" So now it's Rod's funeral. Where the the, the priest giving this fucking sermon mm-hmm. is kind of a cunt hole. He's yeah. really a douche. Yeah, because he's like. His parents are right there, and he's all like, let this be a lesson to you. Those that live by the sword die by the sword. It's like, you think you could be like a little more empathic for this family that just lost their child? Yeah, you would think so. This is what happens when you you, you deal with violence. So fucking self-righteous, you know? Ridiculous. And this is when the movie really kicks it into high gear, because... Donald and Marge are taking Nancy back to um, the car and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we're going to go, you know, make sure she gets some sleep and stuff. And she's all like, you know, the, the guy that did this is still out there. And he's like, what? And he's like, 
I don't know who he is, but he wears this hat. He has this sweater. He's burnt. He has these knives. And all of a sudden, Donald and Marge are giving each other looks like, um, uh, huh? Wait a second. What? How does she know this? And Donald's like, okay, uh, just go make sure she gets some sleep. And Marge is like, I've got something better. I'm going to get her some help. And then, like, they drive away. And she's like, daddy, help me. And um, Marge takes her to this clinic, this sleep clinic clinic where um charles flesher the voice of roger rabbit is the doctor so (laughs) you know you're in good hands um with roger (laughs) rabbit md here um and so they set her up on this little machine where they're going to monitor her sleep waves and stuff and marge you know Lights up a cigarette because you could do that and <laughs> just pulls out of nowhere. Back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> just nowhere. And I don't think we ever see her light it. I think it's no. just already lit. I don't no. think. I think she pulled a lit <laughs> cigarette lit. out of her purse. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Someone take away her keys, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been in there all afternoon, uh, lit, smoking up the joint. Oh, what the hell and, are dreams um, anyway? <laughs> what are dreams anyway? And so we get some mumbo jumbo about dreams, and then all uh. of a sudden. On the computer, the uh, the numbers start to go way up, and he's like, "This is this is pretty pretty bad. Like usually a nightmare is like a seven or eight. This is like twenties yeah. and thirties and forties. Yeah. And they're like, ah, yeah, you and know, she's you, like thrashing on the bed. Uh, Courtney Cox from that episode of Friends, like seven, seven, seven. Like that's what's going seven. on here, basically. <laughs> <Seven>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so they rush in, and she's freaking out on the bed, and they wake her up, and they notice that there's this gray streak in her hair and then they see that her arm's been cut yeah. with these 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 you know wounds that would res- respond to a claw They're like what happened and then she pulls out freddie's hat and they're like where'd you get that and she's like i pulled it off his head and marge is like i have not had enough to drink today to handle this <laughs> and so she goes back home where she calls donald and has another drink or 12 and is like i don't know where she got it from i don't know and then nancy comes into the room and she's like gotta go bye and like she's acting a little cagey a little suspicious a little sus as the kid as the kids would say and so nancy's like so did you ask daddy to have the hat examined and she's like i threw that filthy thing away (laughs) i don't know what you're trying to prove but uh that's just not reality nancy and she's like feel it mama feel it this is my wound, you know? And then she's just like, like she's not Marge isn't getting it. And so Nancy's trying to help her in her best way. And she's like, maybe I should just grab that bottle and veg out with you, avoiding everything happening in my life by just being good and loaded. Slap. Marge slaps her on the face. Uh, kind of reminds me of Annette Benning and American uh, beauty it's a here. Little, a little bit. It's you know? a little Carolyn Burnham. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's Mr. Little... <laughs> When you have prepared a delicious yet savory meal that we're about to eat, you can listen to whatever you want. (laughs) Not so much of a homemaker, this this Marge, but the vibe a little bit. She's more like, I will drink this bottle today. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just not really going out there and doing much. Um, And so, like, then, like, she smashes the bottle and she's all like, screw sleep. And she's like, Nancy, this isn't reality. And she's like, that's enough. And she leaves. 
and she meets Glenn because it's like the only person left in her life that she has any connection to now. Yeah. And she started reading a book about booby traps. And he's like, what the fuck? She's like, um, I'm into survival. <laughs> like you go girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. Um, and he starts talking about dreams and he's a, he's all like, you know, there were these people that thought like, I think it was the Balinese that, um, thought that like you turn your back on bad dreams and you take away its energy and stuff and she's like interesting theory i'll have to test that later this evening (laughs) and um yeah then so she gets back home and marge has gone all out she has put bars on all of the windows and doors Mm -hmm. and nancy in her trademark way just goes oh gross i get it (laughs) nancy i told totally get it and she's like what's with the bars mom and marge is decked out in like full Tennessee Williams tragic <laughs> heroine nightgown. Her hair is a disaster. Like it looks like she's been sleeping in it for weeks. And she lights up a cigarette and is like, come down to the basement. I'll tell you everything. So creepy. I, feel like like, I don't know if I want to go down there, Marge. I don't know I if like I want we're to. We're like the only podcast that would spend this much time talking about <laughs> Marge. <laughs> Marge is the star of the movie. <laughs> okay. I like who are we kidding? It's her dream. It's her story. Uh, I'm convinced. That's great. great. It's it's her guilt-ridden dream about what she did. You yeah. know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um and uh and so Nancy rather stupidly follows her into the basement. I don't without yeah. a weapon. It looks like right. she's about to kill her. Mm-hmm. And um and it's like, come sit by me at the boiler. And she's like so Fred Krueger was a filthy child murderer who killed all these kids. And um, the problem was uh, they let him off because of like a technicality and people didn't sign the right papers and there wasn't a search warrant and Krueger was free. And so they're like, we're not going to let that happen. We're going to find him and uh, take him to the boiler room and throw gasoline everywhere and light it on fire and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, good plan, guys. And uh, and so he died. And she shows her that they've kept his creepy glove. And she's like, it's okay now. He's dead. He's dead because mommy killed him. (laughs) 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 She's like, so now you can sleep. And Nancy's like, I don't know about that. And um, so then Nancy has another plan. She's like, listen, Glenn, I need you to come over to my house at midnight. And he's like, why? And she's like, I have this idea. I pulled this hat out from my dream. I think I can pull him out from my dream. I know it sounds crazy. And he's like, yes, it sounds insane. And she's like, well, can you just be there with a baseball bat so you can like hit him on the head or some, something? And then like we can bring him out and my dad can, can, can arrest him. Yay. And he's like, all right, whatever. Like I'm kind of tired, but useless as always. Yeah. And it's like, and, and, and she asked him once again to do one thing. Don't fall asleep. Right. What, what does, does he, he do? do? <laughs> What does he fuck? He falls asleep. Didn't even get to watch Miss Nude America like he was planning on yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and his parents are weird. Like the mom is sort of understanding, but the dad is like a total prick and yeah. is j- j- just like that. That kid's weird. She's right. just weird. I don't want our son hanging out with that kid ever again. She's weird. Yeah. And uh, so every time she tries to call to be like, hey, is Glenn awake? They hang up the phone. Mm-hmm. And eventually they just take the phone off the hook altogether. And she's like, motherfucker, like he's going to fall asleep. This is going to be bad. Um, and she has pretended like she's going to sleep. And her mom believes that she's asleep. What she doesn't know is that she's kept a hidden coffee pot under her, <laughs> under her bed. 
and is drinking coffee to stay awake. Right. And um, her mom is still like around prowling in the hallway, taking booze bottles out of like the linen cloth closet. Right. And um, eventually when the coast is clear, she decides she's going to sneak out and go wake Glenn up so they can do this plan. And then, um, and at this point, Nancy is basically sudden, like, like Elizabeth Berkeley from, you know, Saved by the Bell, and it's just, you know, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> just just so excited. Off on it. I'm so like, excited. We gotta get, we gotta get Freddie. We gotta get Freddie now. Freddy, like it's, get it's very yes. This is a very caffeine inspired performance. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, and so she gets this phone call, and all of a sudden she just hears this this you know these scraping claws, and she's like, ah, and she gets so pissed off that she rips the phone out of the socket and she's like oh shit what if glenn tries to call and then she's like i guess i should just go over there and then as she's about to leave her room the phone rings which is impossible because she broke it (gasps) and she's like motherfucker so she opens it and you just hear this i'm your boyfriend now nancy (laughs) the tongue comes out that's so gross so she smashes the phone and she's like my boyfriend and she runs out and the score is at like a 15 and um and she tries to get out of the front door and it's locked and if we didn't know that we have marge because she just goes lock 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 (laughs) she's over there on the couch just completely drunk out of her mind she's like i had to lock it all up you're gonna get some sleep tonight if it kills me (laughs) and nancy's like where are the keys and she's like I don't know. I don't even have it on me. And she just gets screams. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately, Glenn has passed out. He's asleep. And Freddie comes out through a hole in his bed, drags him in screaming. And then like geysers of blood come scre- screaming out of the damn so much blood. hole it's, in the bed. It's one of the most, I mean, it has become one of the most like iconic like sequences yeah. in horror. Just be, so much fucking blood. It's just Jesus Christ. Yeah. It could not have all come from one person. There's no, no way. There's no way. Um, and uh, his mom walks in and sees the blood on the ceiling and it screams. One of the great screaming performances of horror history, mm-hmm. I must mm-hmm. say. Yep. Um, and of course, the ambulance comes. The, the cops come. Nancy just sits at her bedroom window, watches her dad show up and is like, hey, dad. Um, well, could have <laughs> saved you some time if you'd believe me. Um. <laughs> And so they go in, uh, he go, he goes in to investigate and they're all like, there's some guy, it's like a little, like, it must be like an ADR line where they're like, you don't need a stretcher, you need a mop. (laughs) (laughs) Cause like, it's just, the blood is leaking through the ceiling. Glenn's dad is very upset. He gets a phone call. It's Nancy. And she's like. Hey, Dad. So I guess Glenn's dead, right? And, he, and he's like, I haven't been up there, but yeah, seems about right. And um, and she's like, Listen, I've got this plan, and I really want you to believe me. I know who killed him. And he's like, Well, tell me so I can catch him. And she's like, It's it's Fred Krueger. And he's like, Um, have you thought about getting sleep? <laughs> like, you're really kind of losing it. And she's like, Listen, I've got this plan. Just come over here in 20 minutes and break down the door. And I'm going to have him here. And she's like, great. Yes. Go get some sleep. That's what you need to, what you need to do. So this girl in 20 minutes <laughs> takes care of her mother, puts her to bed and sets up this home alone esque exactly. booby trap maze in their house yep. for Freddie mm-hmm. and is able to go to sleep. Yep. 
the multitasking of this woman is astounding. Like Nancy for president, please. Wires some sort of little explosive she device. It. It's it's just it's insane. There are explosives. <laughs> there are sledgehammers. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just it's genius. Yeah, truly. She walked so that Kevin McAllister could run. Exactly. Exactly. I think so. I think so too. And um and there's just, she sets herself a little timer and she decides, okay, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring him out. So she has a dream where she goes downstairs in, into her own basement and there's this little door in there and she goes into the door and now she's in Freddy's boiler room and she finds these bloody headphones of, of Glenn's and she hears all these creepy sounds of her dead friends and stuff. And all of a sudden Freddy pops out and she's like, all right, let's do it. And she is being chased down the stairs and then she just jumps. She like jumps off the stairs and somehow falls off of the top of her house and lands on the rose trellis thing. And she's like, where's Freddy? Where is he? And she sees that the timer that she set in the real world is going off. And it means that she's going to have to wake up soon. And Freddy's not out there, but all of a sudden he pops out. So she just rushes towards him and like jumps on him like a wrestler and just holds on and then she wakes up and she's in her bed and she can't find him where is he and she's like oh great i guess i'm crazy and then he pops out from under the bed <clears throat> and now it's on and so she locks him in her bed bedroom sets the trap with a little sledgehammer so that when he opens the door it hits him in the st- stomach and then he falls down the stairs and then um she lures him into the bedroom. I, I mean, not the bed, the bedroom, um, the, the uh, living room where she sets this little trap with a lamp where it's got like a wire and he crosses the wire and there's this explosion. <laughs> and so she breaks a window and she's like, daddy, he's here. He's here. And, um, and then finally she lures him into the basement where she sprays him with gasoline and then sets him on fire and then like pushes him down the stairs and she's like, daddy, daddy, he's here. So they, they finally come and broken down the door and there's smoke everywhere. And she's like, he's in the basement, but then she sees there's all these footprints, these fiery footprints that are coming out of the basement and leading up the stairs to Marge's room. And she's like, Oh my God, he's after mother. And they run up there and he is on top of Marge. Um, th- thankfully she's probably feeling no pain, you know? Um, so I guess the alcohol was worth it. Right. Um, and, uh, he's on top of her and he's like strangling her and they break a chair on him and they put a blanket over the whole thing. And when they pull the blanket off, Fre- Freddie's gone, but Marge's corpse is there and it just sinks into this little, this little weird, like portal to another mm-hmm. world and disappears. Yep. They're like, oh no. And Lieutenant Thompson's looking a little frazzled about this whole thing, as one would. And Nancy's like, give me a few minutes. I'll be there in a second. And he leaves, and Freddy emerges from under the covers and cuts through. And is all like, you thought you was going to get away. And she's like, I, I know the secret now, okay? I don't believe in you. Okay, I take back every bit of energy I gave you. I want my mother and friends back. You're nothing. Oh, so You're good. Shit. So good. 
and then he he tries to go after her, but he just dissolves right as he's attacking. And then she opens up the bedroom door and this blinding white light comes in and she's exiting through her front door and it's the morning and she's all done up. Like she looks like she's about to go play tennis somewhere and Marge is looking great. Like she's looking like really, you know, fresh as a daisy and they're like, oh, it's bright. It's going to burn off sooner or it wouldn't be so bright. And she's like, you know, baby, I'm going to stop drinking. I just don't feel like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then here, here comes Glenn in the car with Tina and Rod and they're like uh, ready to go to school. Uh, and Nancy just get gets in the car. It's all good. And, and then all of a sudden the, uh, the hood of the car uh, pops up the little uh, on the convertible. And uh, it's like Freddie's sweater. And all of a sudden they're locked in the car and they're like, what's going on? Like, Glenn, why are you doing this? And he's like, I'm not doing it. And Nancy's like, mother, help us. Ah! And Marge is just smiling. You know, she's like, bye. Have a good day at school. And um, the car just goes down the road and we see those little ju- jump rope girls doing the one, two, Freddie's coming for you. And then Freddie's claw just pops out from the window in the front front door and drags Marge the sec the sex doll in <laughs> and uh and there's the movie. your movie <laughs> that that's all she wrote folks <laughs> but no we do get a really great um mm. end title song just yeah. called nightmare nightmare mm-hmm. um which is pretty kick ass yeah yeah whole movie kick it's ass. a nightmare kick ass movie you know mm-hmm. everything just one of the best truly kind of a perfect movie it's great I love it that um heather langenkamp she was on that um what was the history of horror series and she was kind of talking about the movie and oh, how yeah. like the queer you know audience that it has and how that whole line about her like i take back every bit of energy i gave to you is like mm-hmm. you know a lot of uh, the way a lot of queer people feel about like you know, I, I'm going to live my life and, you know, fuck you, basically. You know, it's yeah. every bit of energy I wasted trying to be this person that you wanted me to be. Like, I take that back. And uh, mm-hmm. I love that. I, I love that she brought that up during oh. the interview and everything. And it was it was great. Yeah. There's just something about that character of Nancy. I yeah. I, I love so many final final girls. I love Sydney and Laurie and Sally and yeah. Jess. And I mean, all of them. There's so many great ones. But there's something about Nancy, I think, because with a lot of the, I mean, there's a reluctance to be a hero here for sure. Yeah. Um, She would obviously rather have a nice, happy life with parents who still love each other and good friends and all that stuff. But I feel like a lot of the other heroines kind of fall into it by default. Like they just don't have a choice. They're just like, okay, there is a guy with a knife coming out for me. I guess I should finally fight back. Oh, I don't really want to, but, uh, fight or flight type thing. Yeah. Yeah. But with Nancy, like she's like, okay, I could run. I could be like my parents and, you know, numb myself to the, to the, to, to, to the truth and be like a zombie, like everybody else who doesn't want to confront this. Right. Or I could face it. Yeah. I could actually make a plan, figure something out, and try to face it. Yeah. And there's that line that Marge says in the scene where Nancy's putting her to bed about, like, you know, you you face things. That's your gift. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a gift that's really rare. Like, most people do not want to face things, right. ever. Right. They just don't. 
And I think maybe with a lot of queer people, we don't really have a choice. Like we have to kind of face things, you know, like we can run and hide and try to fit in and, you know, change ourselves and, you know, give all these other people our energy or we can face things and just live the truth. Yeah. And so there's just something about that. That's always really moving to me as well. Just, totally. just that she, you know, she's, she's just gonna, she just wants to get this over with. She's like, let's just do it for God's yeah. sake. Like yeah. everyone's just running away. Like someone has to stay and fight this, right. you know? And she's organized. She makes plans. She makes, God. if this was the nineties, she would have had like a spreadsheet pulled up. You know, it's, this is, oh. this is, you know, this is a woman. Like an doing, Excel. Like, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> she knows, she knows what she wants and she knows how she's going to do it. You know, and how she's, and which is a very, I don't know. I feel like a very queer thing too. We're very organized people. I feel like not all of us, but yes. a lot of us, you know, we, 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 no. we make, we make yeah. plans <laughs> and, uh, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, I just, I love this character so much. I, there's just something about her. I mean, oh, it's great. Just the best. She's great performance by Heather Langenkamp. Just everything. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. It's, 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 it's one of those films where I do think everyone is perfectly cast. I I just, I don't think it would work quite as well. And there's a lot of people that have, picked on both Heather and Ronnie for Mm -hmm. their acting in this. I wish them all the worst in in life (laughs) because they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, They're perfect in these roles. I mean, Ronnie is playing on a different level than everyone else, but I think it works because, you know, her character is so in her own world. Yeah. You know, or trying to be totally. She's escaping. Right. No, and I don't sense. know why people say bad things about he- Heather. I believe her every second of the movie. No, yeah, I think she's great from start to finish. And uh, I like her just as much when she comes back, when we get to part three. I love her character oh, yes. that they, they bring to this. And it's 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 wonderful. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those rare cases where they bring a beloved character back and they actually give them something to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's amazing what happens when you do that. I know. Like I know. it's 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 not just like we brought them back for a 15 second cameo. Mm-hmm. Are you grateful? <laughs> like no. No, we actually I... want to see them as a part of the story. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like if you're just going to bring them back for that, don't bring them back at all. Like I hate to say it, but like no, if, if, if yeah. you're just going to have like a 15 a second thing, like it, it's yeah, it's a kind of it's a waste to the character and it's, you know. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's like the, the reason we love this character in the first place is because they actually did things. Yeah. Like they were a big part of, part of the story. They were an interesting character. Exactly. Why would you not want to bring back an interesting character and have them do interesting things? Right. Totally. Totally. It's so weird when they do that. I'm like, why are you bringing them back? It's very strange. You're giving them nothing to do. Mm -hmm. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, the less said about the remake, the better. But uh, it's a thing that exists. It was, you know, 2010. It was made. It was made. <laughs> it was made. Uh, no one really talks about it much, you know, for reasons. The cast is not terrible. Um, I mean, I, well, I like Thomas and Kyle, at least. Um, Rooney and Katie, honestly, whatever. But, you know. Kay, Katie was pretty good in this. Yeah. I, I thought um, the problem really was... Um, I thought the first act of the remake wasn't that bad. I yeah. was like, hmm, I'm kind of getting into this. Maybe yeah. it could work. But once they kill off Katie, 
and we're stuck with the new Nancy, right? Who is just horribly written. Like she's <laughs> yeah. just gloomy and pissed off from the start. Yeah, she doesn't feel like a real person. Right. Um. It it kind of bogs things down. You're like, I don't want to really root for her. Yeah. And my God, they brought in Connie Britton as Nancy's mom, mm-hmm. and they gave her nothing, nothing to, do. to do. Yeah. Nothing except yeah. have beautiful hair. That's yeah. great. But I think she could have ha- handled. A Marge 2.0 kind of characterization. Right. It's just an ugly like, movie too. You know, to visually, yeah. it is just it's it's so washed it's like out greenish. and gross and yeah. yeah. And uh, plenty has been said about you know Jackie Earl Haley, who I don't think it's totally on him. I think it's just they gave him nothing to really no. work with. Yeah. But I, I think they yeah, it's just it's not his fault. It's not not a memorable performance really. I mean, other than the fact that it's just you yeah, we'll always compare it to England's. I mean, it's just. Well, and the makeup too. I think they were trying to go for like a more realistic burn right. victim mm-hmm. look, yeah, that but was it part just it made him was, look mm-hmm. silly. Yeah. I don't know. And and there's an interesting thread in that film where, for like the first act of the movie, actually like the first probably like half of the movie, yeah. you're not really sure if he was wrongfully accused or not, and it yes. brings up this really interesting story arc that they just discard at the end. Yeah. Which I thought would have made actually given the remake a reason to exist more right, if they right. had explored that. And maybe he was wrongfully accused. Maybe mm-hmm. like Glenn's dad was the one that was actually m- molesting the kids. And right. he was like, he blamed him. And right. that would have been like a whole new thing. Yeah. But they didn't follow through. That would have been interesting. So. It, that, that was probably kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, if you change it too much, then yeah. people fucking hate it. And then if you don't change it all, then exactly. people are like, why don't you do anything differently? And it's just, uh, I know. Uh, but it's. Ugh, remakes. Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, well, well, we'll see if they if they do another one and what they do with it. But uh, maybe. I mean, yeah. they, they will eventually. eventually. It's going to happen. These franchises sure. it's, don't die. No. Yeah, the character is just too rich. The story is just too good. Right, it's right. gonna be retold in some form right. or fashion. I mean, I, they're still making but, fucking Dracula you movies. Know. You know, this is yeah, you know, from, yeah. from the eighteen hundreds here. They're still making fucking Dracula yes. movies. So you know, I mean, like it or not, like Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. These are all of our new monsters yeah. that are going to be told and retold a million yeah. times. Yep. Probably for the next hundred, two hundred years, you know. So until climate change wipes us all out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like summer camp. We can't do a a movie at a summer camp. They don't exist anymore. Jason's it's too obsolete. It's too, nobody can be outside. We will. We're gonna have to keep him in space now. He's yeah. just, he lives there now. Yeah. Earth too. You know? <laughs> yeah, I work here now. I work. Um, <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> Oh, it always comes back. Jason speaks. <laughs> and he sounds a lot like that lady from Mount Rose, Minnesota. That's weird. I never pictured him to have that accent. Somebody but... call a priest. <laughs> oh, but that that that'll be the few the future, you know. Yeah. We they will all finally be in space. Yeah. All of them. Because they have Chucky to be. will be yeah. in space. Yep. Because we will be in space. <laughs> or our ancestors will be or whatever, you know? It's, it's going to happen. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. I just don't see these movies working as well um, in a dy- dystopian landscape, you know? Nah. Halloween? Who's going to be trick-or-treating, you know? Like, no. Be like, no. Who's got time for that? No. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, I think, a big part of why this sort of movie works is uh, this sort of what's lurking be- beneath the surface in this this quaint little neighborhood. Oh, they have this yeah. evil history that nobody knows about. And, you know. Yeah, they think they're so <laughs> slick not living in the big city. They moved away to get away from crime yeah, and yeah. Li- liberals. Yeah. And, uh, and look what's happening here. Right, right. It's yeah. even worse underneath the surface. There's yeah. all this horrible stuff yeah. going on no one wants to talk about or acknowledge right yeah the, the 80s are often kind of uh, seen as sort of the the like neo 50s in a way of like everybody trying to act mm-hmm. perfect again and like uh, trying to get this like suburban life of like look at how perfect everything is and it's like it didn't work in the 50s it's not gonna work in the fucking 80s and you know nope and i think there's still a lot of people that want to go back to that and it's just like no <laughs> there's definitely been moments re- recently where i'm like are we going are we going back to that yeah. let's not right we tried it it didn't work didn't work like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over mm-hmm. expecting different results yeah. you know without changing anything yeah and uh, but that's that's america we yep. go in these weird cycles where yep. we try the same thing over and over again yeah and we're like why didn't that work yep like well it didn't work the first time. It didn't work the first time. No, but uh, we keep trying and uh, we keep yelling at each other and uh, maybe eventually we get we somewhere. Do. We'll see. <laughs> maybe so. I'm going to go to the boi- boiler, boiler room, room. Yeah. and yeah. just rest. Yeah. Yeah. If you need me, that's where I'll be. Yeah. <laughs> Resting in the boiler room. <laughs> well, Ugh. speaking of things lurking beneath the surface i don't know why i was i was mm. thinking about this movie and uh we both seen this movie uh for an overlooked gem for today and um mm. it's that one from 2019 that i see you movie do you remember that one with oh um, with hell helen hunt. hunt yeah interesting yes. interesting that, little that's movie. a goodie that's yeah. a good movie yeah and uh you know it we are in 2024 when this episode is being released so this movie came out five years ago which is fucking insane to say because it feels like it was like yesterday oh god but yeah, Ooh. if you haven't seen it, you know, there's this 12-year boy goes missing. Um, so the lead investigator is struggling to balance the pressure of the investigation and the troubles with his wife, Jackie, played by Helen Hunt. Um, he's, you know, had a recent affair also, and it's put a, a lot of strain on his family and slowly starts to gnaw away at his grip on reality. Uh, but then there's this, like, presence that manifests itself in their home. And um, it, this thing is putting their son, Connor, in mortal danger. And uh, yeah, the whole kind of, I mean, that's the gist of the movie is like you're trying to figure out what the hell is happening in this house. But it goes to some really pl- interesting places that you don't expect. <laughs> yeah. Like I, that's what I really appreciate about the movie. Like the setup seems like a million other horror movies, but it's like it goes to some mm-hmm. really interesting places at the end. And I can't really tell you much about those places because it would spoil it. No. But it's it's definitely yeah. you know one you got to see. It's good <clears> stuff. You definitely don't want it spoiled spoiled it's no. it's you're gonna want to see it for yourself yes yes oh, but, that's uh, a goodie that's a good yeah one. yeah good good little recent ish one again crazy that's like yeah. five years but it's it's oh my god that's how time works ha- half a decade Kevin. yeah half i know that's insane decade. i know we we are at, Jesus. at the end of 24 we we will be um halfway through the 20 2020s like that's god. insane to me you know it's oh it's crazy Ooh. Like it. don't love it don't love it but you know, for this month, we got a whole month of nightmare movies for you. So, yeah, buckle Hope in. You like nightmares? <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, just tune us out for a month, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if not, well, come back later. Yeah, come back in February, I guess. Mm. 
where we'll be doing all Freddy's nightmares. <laughs> Every episode of Freddy's nightmares. <laughs> Which I've never actually seen. I think I've seen like half an yeah, episode. Yeah, I think I've I seen like one or two episodes. On that. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Make but uh, yeah. One day. One day. <laughs> Oh, we still got my New Year's res- resolution. Exactly to get the watch uh, Freddy's Nightmares. Watch them, yeah. We still got Tales from the Crypt episodes to cover. You know, we got we got other oh many plenty of many, priorities many. here. Yeah, we got we haven't covered yeah. all of Chucky. I mean, there's 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 we we got plenty oh. of things. You know, so much left. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, folks, you want to follow us? You can find us Facebook and Twitter H O H H Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at homos on Haunted Hill. That is all one word. You can leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you to those who have. You're all lovely people. Mm-hmm. We appreciate uh, that. Yeah. Because this podcast is brought to brought to you by viewers like you or listeners in your in your case. Listeners, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're watching us. I don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Are are we being watched again? I don't know. Oh. Not again. Oh gosh. Stop uh, watching me. What are you waiting for, huh? <laughs> what are you waiting what for? Are you waiting what for? are you waiting for? The little five-year-old directing the scene over there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the biggest twist of the past five Finding years. That out. Was that was directed and written Some by kid. a five-year-old. Some kid. Just like it. I got an idea. Mom, drive me to set. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to tell these W beers what for. Oh. I love it. And yet it wasn't that surprising. No. No. Because like that is the moment everyone remembers from that movie. Right. But not because they're like that was really deep and poignant and <laughs> and impactful. It's because it was so weird. It's and so cringy. weird. And, it, you know, parodied so many different times because yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange moment. Strange moment. It's just like, I mean, who is she calling out to? Like, yeah. Really? <laughs> God? I, mean, he's, I don't know. He's, he's, he's left the scene. Like he's not there. <laughs> He got his crabs and he went <laughs> off, you know, mm-hmm. he probably went to eat the crabs. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know what? I'm going to use these to scare her and I'm going to have a good lunch. Yes, exactly. I'm exactly. Take my crabs and go home. <laughs> share, sh- sharing him with a uh, will. Yes. His son. <laughs> Ben's Ben. Son. <laughs> So you get stupid. it you get it it's so fucking dumb <laughs> oh god but i'm gonna tell you that twist when i was younger i was like wow wow that oh man that was where's their oscar <sighs> that was the best twist of the past decade i mean why why didn't the 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 uh, nightmare and Elm remake go that way you know could be like you know here's here's uh yeah. george fred son <gasps> fred son <gasps> oh wow Oh, it's like the janitor at the school yeah. that's just been like lurking around the whole time. And they're yeah. like, surprise, this is, this is the real one. It was the janitor from Scream. You know, he was there the whole time. Freddy, Freddy died to protect his son, who mm-hmm. was actually the one killing the kids. Exactly. Aha, there we, we knew go. It. We knew it. There's a remake for you. <laughs> we got plenty of ideas. We always have ideas. We've got so many ideas, but they, they do have to call him Fred's son. They have, yes, have it has to. to be Fred's son. Mm-hmm. We're out. We take out all of our money, all five five do- dollars worth. <laughs> if they don't, as investors, <laughs> if they rename him, <laughs> it's the only way we stay. Yeah, so many options. 
So maybe, maybe they'll take our <laughs> our ideas for the nightmare reboot. <laughs> maybe we'll at least get a 4K release. Yeah, we. You know. That would be, or just a whole box of all of the movies. Yeah, just. Yeah. 4K the shit out of that entire fran- franchise. They've always been really skimpy um, about the, the the releases for this, you know? We, yeah, they, what's with that? We got that one box set that's not great, and uh, I, I need more, yeah. you know? I, I, not to sound greedy here. Well, now, but... the the original one, like, the uh, in, like, 99, when they first released, yes, like, the DVD, the, the DVD box set, yes, that was, like, nice. the coolest thing those ever. Were cool. Because they yeah. had that, it was, like, a bonus disc where there was like a game it was yeah. almost like a video game where like you had to go through like the high school and the boiler to f- right right find all these clips that were mm-hmm. hidden yeah and then you'd find one and it would be like freddie on m m mtv like yeah. just being like hey kids watch this video be like i found a treasure why did they stop doing that on you know yeah dvds and shit like, cool. I, I guess it just they never made their money back but it, yeah it was cool they did that you could like you know it's fun yeah interactive but I don't know. You're like here he is smoking pot with Shasha Gabor. <laughs> Just what I've always like, wanted. Darling, Freddy, why are you? Why? I don't want to pot. He like smoke some grass, Shasha. <laughs> like, no, 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 Freddy, no. That's <laughs> my image. Uh, love, it. love it. It's good stuff on that disc. Yes. A pioneer of a a DVD box set. Exactly. Well, we hope you all enjoyed this this uh, almost two hour long episode of us r- ram- rambling as always. <laughs> yeah, I'm cutting nothing out. No, so, you, you should Yeah, so <laughs> it's all important. It's all suck valuable. it up, busters. <laughs> <laughs> if movies can be this long, so and can so we. Can we. God, movies are so long. <laughs> that's a whole another podcast. I know. But let me tell you. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> <sighs> yeah, we'll be back next week with with more nightmare goodies. So yes. In Keep the, on dreaming. The very gay, yes, Nightmare and Elm Street Part Two. You know, so gay, so gay that my Blu-ray came with a jock strap and a bottle of poppers <laughs> and a whip. I was like, listen, <laughs> if you're gonna watch this, put these on, take a hit, whip yourself. It's, Get you're gonna swing. need it. <laughs> yeah, it comes with a full inflatable sex swing. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I'm kind of excited to revisit this movie. It's it's it's. Been, I am it's, too. It's, it's I can't wait. Sec, and you know, uh, 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 oh, all right, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> so yeah, we'll uh we'll be back next week probably to uh yes cover that acclaimed queer horror classic. <clears throat> but until then, don't fall asleep. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Peace out. Bye.